0: Welcome to The Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development, and your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plosker. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more at the nobodyguidetolife.com, or you can check us out at Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View. You can also join the Simple Spirituality group on Facebook. If you like what you hear, we'd welcome a subscription or a review. We'd appreciate it. So we hear so much today in the media about what others say and do and believe. But do you believe everything you hear? When it comes to the arena of world religion, there's a lot of information out there and I've studied world religion. And as someone who's done that, I hope you research what you hear. I hope you talk to people personally about their beliefs instead of making assumptions. If you listen to the show, you know that I believe there is much in ancient wisdom that can help us right now in modern everyday life. And part of appreciating that wisdom is doing what we can to learn about it and to respect it. My guest today plays an important role on that road to respect. Robin LeBron is an author, speaker, and award-winning member of the Religion Communicators Council. Her mission is to promote interfaith education and harmony, and her books serve that mission, as does her website, interfaiththrougheducation.com. Now, Robin lives in the woods of the Midwest, and she told me her signal for recording the show may not be the best, So she's outside in an effort to make the connection a bit better. She has the wind in her dogs joining, and that's just great. (laughs) Her message is important, and I said let's do it, and I hope that you listeners will go with it, and that's the spirit of the show. So welcome to the show, Robin.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. it's great
0: to have you. So can you talk to us about your road to interfaith dialogue? That's such an interesting area for people to pursue and really commit their lives to. So what brought you to that road of interfaith dialogue?
1: Well, I grew up, uh, the terminology is Air Force brat. My dad was in the Air Force, and I traveled around all over, and I met people of every race, color, creed, religion. Um, obviously, in a childlike fashion, they were all friends, you know? I mean, you don't, you didn't ask them what their religion was or anything. You just loved them for who they were. And so I, I sort of had that background to begin with. And I went through my personal search through various denominations, uh, Christian denominations, and I ended up kind of being turned off by organized religion because there were so many people that didn't walk the walk. And so I got into a personal walk with, uh, who i call god um you know the supreme being or whatever you want to uh, call it and interestingly enough um, i think god has a sense of humor because he ended up um, making me fall in love and marry an episcopal an episcopal priest obviously very deep into organized religion and i thought oh my gosh what am i doing here <laughs> so, so, yeah, for 12 years, it was, it was a, an eye-opening experience. Um, I did learn some things about myself, um, but one of the things I wanted to do was open the eyes and the hearts and the minds of our congregation. So I started teaching classes on different religions and faith practices. Um, it was a, like an adult education course, and we did one religion every couple of weeks for two years. And at the end, they said, Oh my gosh, this was just so interesting. And I learned so much that I didn't know. And, and so they kind of convinced me I needed to publish it, which is, you know, how the books ended up getting started. Um, Interfaith Professionals, the group that I manage on LinkedIn, kind of dropped in my lap, I joined it. And the creator um, just kind of messaged me one day and said, oh, I like what you say and I really need you to take over this job because I don't have time. (laughs) So it just kind of happened. It evolved and now I feel like my calling is just to try and and facilitate connections and to um, kind of open people's minds and hearts to other thoughts and and understanding and, and effort towards peaceful discourse and learning to disagree in an agreeable fashion. I mean, that's one of my famous statements on LinkedIn. Let's disagree in an agreeable fashion. (laughs) We don't have to believe everything the same, but we can still be loving and caring and, you know, accepting. Now
0: for those listening, you've been hearing Robin mention a LinkedIn group. So she does have a professional and interfaith dialogue uh, group on LinkedIn. And, Robin how have you found people's response to that to be have you found that group to be something that people are respectful of do you do you find that there's some pushback in that do you find that there's argument in that or or more constructive dialogue
1: well when i started 5 years ago and i had this job dumped in my lap it was there was definitely some contention there was a A couple people that were not really there to communicate and and learn about other faith practices. They were there to, you know, kind of tell us that we needed to change our ways or else. And so, yeah, we had had some issues. Um, People that I had to constantly remind why they were there and what our, you know, group rules were. And a couple I actually had to block because they just refused to cooperate with the spirit of the group. And the... Reception has been really good. We have everything from atheists, pagans, you know, obviously the major, the big three, they call it, and on down. But unfortunately, since LinkedIn changed their format when Microsoft purchased it, it's been a little bit more difficult to keep up with um, discussions. And I'm disappointed about that because we had some really vibrant discussions going. and. There are still some people that take part, but out of 4,700 members, there's probably 50 that are involved.
0: What issues and conversations stand out the most here? What are people most interested right now in your opinion?
1: Well, because of, you know, the recent history uh, in the U.S., there's a lot of conversations about Islam. Is it really a religion of peace? And we have a couple just wonderful members that are continually trying to help educate and, and quote scriptures from the Quran and explain, you know, that the extremists are not practicing Islam the way it should be practiced. Um, I think that's always a discussion that people find interesting and intriguing because, There's so much negative press, you know, that they're searching for peaceful answers. I mean, I think people want peace, truly. So that's probably one of the biggest conversations. I think the other one would be the sort of opposite end, which would be like the extreme conservative evangelical Christians and all that sort of thing will come up too. And um, so people are looking for answers to these horrible stories they hear on the media all the time, I think. They're actually searching for, well, this can't be true. There's got to be another side to this.
0: When you look at your own personal history with religion and spiritual values, and you reflect back on your life, how do you see all these diverse religious values coming together in your life to help you on your search? How does that look to you?
1: Well, as I was doing my research, I you know, I thought I knew right. a lot. <laughs> right. But I learned how much I didn't know. And, uh, and I began to realize that the golden rule or some variation of that runs as a common thread through every single faith practice, including humanism and atheism. Um, and the the basic premise of uh, caring for the elderly or the children or reaching out to somebody who's hungry or, you know, I mean, th- those are there. They're there in every single faith practice, including the traditional African religion, which is 50,000 wow. years old. Those are all there. and I, And I firmly believe without a speck of doubt that the Supreme Being, the Great Spirit, God, whatever you want to call him, her has been speaking to humankind since the beginning. I mean he's been sending messages and different messengers in different parts of the world have received this message and shared it in their ge- geographic regions but the message is the same. You know, it's uh it's the rituals and the dress style and the you know um type of worship practices that are different, but not the message. And I did learn some things about myself and my own spiritual path that I kind of absorbed, even though I was raised Christian and was Christian my whole life and actually ended up getting baptized in two different churches, wow. um, once as an infant and then once later when I was older, I picked up some some thoughts and very strong uh, spiritual rightness, if you want to call it, from some Eastern religions, and one of the ones that particularly grabbed me was the uh, religion of Spiritism. And I am now a Christian who believes in reincarnation. So, you know, some Christians would say, oh my gosh, how could you? (laughs) But it is what it is. We grow based on our personal experiences, and and our prayers, and our thoughts, and and that's uh, what I believe.
0: Tell us a little bit about how your calendar looks because i hear your story and i hear about all the different things that you've studied and there's this idea of eclecticism out there about how we can choose the philosophies and things that interest us from these traditions and and put them to work for us in modern times talk to me a, a little bit about how your calendar looks how you celebrate traditions through the year how you encourage others to do that through this eclectic viewpoint that you have
1: well, I I love Christmas. I always have. It's just one of my favorite times of year, and you know, even people that somehow misbehave Great. learn to be peaceful and nice at Christmas time. <laughs> so I love that. That's still my favorite holiday. I am not into organized religion at all anymore. I I you know have a very strong personal relationship with uh, my God, and I live out in the middle of the woods, and so. I literally can sit on my deck and listen to the wind blow and have a conversation with God. And uh, as far as my eclectic beliefs, I think part of my evolution has been to realize how minute this life really is and how every struggle and every trial and every hardship is such a small part of my eternal existence that I no longer am drawn to the sort of physical trappings of um, organized religion. They just don't do it for me. I don't think that that that's what faith is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about reaching out for each other and, and loving one another and helping one another and connecting people that need something and I think that's what I'm called to do now is just help people connect with information or another individual that might help them or they may be searching for something and I happen to know of someone who does this particular thing Um, and so that's what I do now.
0: You said something that was really interesting about Talking about how minute life is. And, you know, sometimes we get into these discussions of spirituality, and someone will always talk about the idea of close your eyes and picture yourself in this room. Now, picture yourself in this house, in this neighborhood, in this country, on this planet. And you keep going out and out and out until you see you can't even see yourself. It's just a speck. How do you help yeah. people? talk yeah. about that because sometimes when you're sitting in a problem and you're leaning on faith it's it's hard to see minutiae in the midst of a problem that seems so big how do you help people frame those issues so that they can kind of find that balance between what seems so big and what seems so minute how does that look for for you
1: One of the first, this is sort of more of a quick response. Um, If someone is, you know, deeper minded, then, you know, my response would be slightly different. But my first response is, in the overall spectrum of world peace, how big a deal is this? (laughs) You know, when they think think about it and think, well, I guess, you know, uh, yeah, I got in a car accident, but it's, in the overall spectrum, of world peace, you know, it's really not that big of a right. deal, you know. So it kind of like rattles their cage a little bit and, and has them sort of put what they're going through in a, a little bit of right. perspective. Um, and then if somebody wants, you know, needs, maybe they're really more distressed and that little one liner is just not going to do it for right. them, you know, then I basically talk to them about, you know, obviously you want to find out what their faith is. Do, you know, do they believe in right. life after? Because if they don't, then it's it's more difficult. They don't realize that, you know, that this life is actually just kind of a schoolyard for right. what's next. Um, so that is definitely challenging to help people that, that aren't totally comfortable with the idea that there is more than this. And and so then their trials just seem like they're, that's all there is. You know, this is my life right now, right here. Um, and then with that person, you almost have to say, well, you know, your child could be dying of cancer right now which trial would you rather have? I mean, it's kind of a reality check. Again, you you try and find something that is worse than what they are going through and say, yes, this is really terrible. I feel bad that you wrecked your car, but it's insured. And thank heavens your child wasn't in the car and wasn't killed. Again, this isn't going to help everybody. It depends on their mental attitude and, and how strong they are spiritually to begin with. One of the ways that the faith practice of spiritism really... Strengthened me is I. I had some real tough times in my life for various reasons, and the Spiritists. Um, it's almost like a cross between Christianity and Eastern religions. It's the most fascinating faith practice, um, but they believe that our trials are actually gifts, and that if we accept them as a gift, in terms of. What this trial is going to give us spiritually, our spiritual growth, our wisdom, our humility, our compassion, all the things that you gain when you walk down a troubled path, you come out the other side a different person, and that you, if you accept that as, okay, well, this is something I have to learn, and it's going to be good for me, and I guess thanks for the uh, thanks for the gift, guys, right. <laughs> you know? And, and that has helped me tremendously to remember that um, the trial is going to be for my right. good. And that makes it a little bit more palatable. Like someone who's going through medical school, you know, it's horrible. It's hours and hours and studying and money and internships in the middle of the night. And But it, it's a means to an end. And our earthly trials are very much like that.
0: Yeah, you know, that's so interesting, Robin, because we, we've talked sometimes on this show, we talked a few episodes ago about reframing. And what you're really bringing up for people is something so important. And it's the intersections we have between world religion, personal spirituality, psychology. We forget that a lot of a lot of these faith systems are really talking about psychology in a lot of ways. And the tools of faith, help us to yeah. reframe suffering. I, I have a, a teacher who who always mentioned in ancient teaching, and you just said it, that this too is for the good. And he describes someone who believed that and stated that their whole life and, and miracles would follow that person because they believed that everything that happened to them was for the good. And it doesn't minimize suffering. And that's an important point is I don't I don't think for our listeners, I don't think Robin is minimizing suffering. I think what we're doing is raising it up to the light and examining it in new lights so that we can see what it can bring us, how we can learn from it.
1: Yes, and unfortunately, sometimes when you're in the midst of the trial, you, you, you know, you're not learning anything. You're, you're so busy putting one foot in front of the other and you're trying to take a positive outlook and saying, okay, so this is, you know, this is a path I'm supposed to walk. This is going to be for my own good. I know it is. You can tell yourself all those things, but you don't actually have that aha moment until after it's done. And then you realize I really did grow from this i learned this or i learned that or you know whatever it was that you were meant to learn from this um experience and so i would say to the listeners you know don't assume that you're going to know immediately when you start your trial what the trial is for just take it with faith and say you know this is going to make me a better human being in some way
0: right so talk to me a little bit about your books then because we've, we've, we've taken this journey with you and we know a little bit about you. And then I want to know more about how those books you wrote add to this overall dialogue that we've been having about world religion and spirituality. What was your intent with those books? What do they say to us?
1: Well, the intent in my mind was to teach people about other faith practices so that they could stop thinking of... um other people as less than, you know, so they would grow in understanding and in truth and start thinking, wow, that uh, I didn't know that voodoo was such a beautiful faith practice and it has nothing to do with voodoo dolls, you know? (laughs) So it started out as an educational process. And during my research, I was spiritually touched and changed. I hope that would be the case with people that read the books And just for clarification, the first book, Searching for Spiritual Unity, that was my first publication in 2012. And it's all 40 religions in one book. And it was so big. It was close to 900 pages and, you know, kind of expensive for the average person. And and I sold some, but, you know, the average person isn't going to invest $40 in a book if they... I haven't been told to right. by somebody they trust, you know. And so I've been doing some soul searching and I want to get this information in people's hands. And I don't really care if I make any money. That's not the whole point of it. Um, so I had it republished in a two volume set. And I told the publisher, I said, I want the volumes to be less than $20. And I don't care how much profit I make. So the second uh, book is actually each volume has 20 different religions and faith practices. Both are a combination of, you know, unusual religions and practices and some basic Christian denominations. So if a person only wanted to spend $20 and they only bought one, they would be touched in some way. At least that's my hope, that they would start to experience that the change that I experienced as I was doing the research The 2015 uh, is updated, of course. There were some changes in some of the uh, various churches and the membership numbers were updated and things like that. So that one is, that set is the most current. And that is the one that actually won the DeRose Hinkhouse Award for Best in Class for Adult Books in Religious Communication. So I'm just thrilled to death with the way they turned out I love the covers and and I just hope that people will be drawn to to learning about these other practices because they're just so beautiful I mean really it's just like when I was doing the research many times I think wow that is really cool I wish Christianity did that (laughs) (laughs) you know So, um, yeah, and and, uh, so that's what I hope. I hope that they'll touch people, and and I used to get all worried about, well, I haven't sold a gazillion. I mean, I have a five-star rating on my original book that came out in 2012, um, but I don't have as many reviews on the new books yet. But I had to decide, you know what? In the overall spectrum of world (laughs) peace, it doesn't matter how many I sell. If I touch two lives then I've done a good job.
0: And, you know, Robin, in this day and age with, with all the the dialogue that's going on, that's so important. One person is the world, you know, one person really is the world. So with all of this that you have, with all of this in your background, what's, what's a tip or tool that you can offer our listeners that they can use right now, right when this podcast ends, what's something that you can provide that our listeners can use on their journeys of personal and spiritual growth?
1: Well, I mean, I talked about some, which would be accepting your trial as as um, a gift to help you grow. I think that's really important that any time you're going through a difficult time to, uh, you know, kind of embrace that concept. And I'm not saying that I always did the second the trial started. I mean, I would go through my you know, throwing the rocks. Why me? Oh my gosh, I can't take another trial. And, you know, the sort of pissing and moaning people go through. But I always kind of shook the dust off and said, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> you know, after you have your little complaint, then you, uh, then you move into the next stage and say, okay, this is going to do something good for me and I accept this and, and I'll do it. And I think it's made such a world of difference in my peace of mind, you know, just to know and take everything with a sense of right. peace that right. it's going to be okay. And I think that was that's probably the most important thing that people can learn is is that um, the old saying, "This too shall pass." It's not permanent, and when you come out the other side, you're going to be a changed right. person. Right. And
0: we don't always know what the gift is until we unwrap it. And I, I think that's the importance of reframing and keeping a little perspective so thank you for reminding us of that so i want to take this opportunity to thank robin for her time and insights so thank you so much robin for being on the show with us today
1: it was a pleasure to all of you out there
0: seek out your own information I have to emphasize that, explore. The world's religious traditions are filled with wisdom, philosophy, insights. There's so much more than what you hear about in the news. There's so much more to share. There's so many ways to express spirituality. Don't be afraid to talk to people, reach out to people like Robin, see what their traditions are about. Learn new ways of expressing whatever is inside of you. You can find out more about Robin at interfaiththrougheducation.com. That's interfaith, T-H-R-U, education.com. And remember, you can always find out more at the life.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View or join the Facebook community, Simple Spirituality. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please consider a review or a subscription. We'd really appreciate it. It really helps. Keep practicing and have a good week.